Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. This podcast is specifically for leaders intent on guiding their organizations through adversity. It's for leaders who don't just want to survive storms, but to thrive post-adversity. Let's delve into building a resilient organization. So here we are, faced with a pandemic of epic proportions. The stress, the fear, the anxiety have created near pandemonium in many organizations. All of these emotions are real, they're justified, and they're not going to subside very soon. To expect that employees and organizations will be able to get back to business as usual just because it's an economic imperative is unrealistic. This type of thinking ignores the depth of our shared trauma. Recovery is not going to be quick. It's going to take focused time, attention, and exemplary leadership. The myth that we have to face is that resilience is inherent in individuals and in organizations. It is not. It's a competency that has to be cultivated, practiced, and refined. In truth, some organizations are more resilient than others, just as some people are more resilient than others. There are organizations that are so rigid, so inflexible, and so entrenched that they may never develop the elasticity required to build resilience. We're going to look at the three critical leadership activities required to build or enhance organizational resilience. These are seemingly simple interventions, but if we're realistic, we know that few things are as simple as they seem. Now, these activities are presented to assist senior leadership with focus techniques that build the resilience required to poise the organization for the future. Use the tools that I'm providing to better understand the intricacies of resilience. As you listen, remember that these are iterative processes that require time, resource investment, and a willingness to regularly recalibrate. Let's begin with the understanding that leaders have to build partnerships in this systemic, process-oriented work. Equally as important, our partnerships should help everyone in the organization develop agility. This enables us to make thoughtful course corrections as situations warrant. The effort to build resilience never ends. There will be new storms, new trials, new dilemmas. 
Each of these novel traumas requires an additional demonstration of resilience. The three activities that leaders can use to build organizational resilience are, one, find hidden opportunities, two, build new networks, three, create an adaptive environment. So let's think about finding the opportunities, the hidden opportunities in tough situations. It's important to find ways to mine opportunities in the morass. This can be as simple as using a crisis to be of service to others. For example, Yoga Revelation in Ellicott City, Maryland, used the pandemic as the opportunity to begin delivering groceries to community members who couldn't get out. They used the delivery fee to support Food on the 15th, a local nonprofit that provides food to low-income seniors on the 15th of the month. That's typically when low-income seniors run out of food and money. Yoga Revelation's leadership saw an opportunity to be more than a yoga studio during the crisis. Consider taking your leadership team through a process where you all work on dreaming new dreams for the organization. I'm not talking about pie-in-the-sky fantasizing. I'm talking about giving serious consideration to what the organization can become. This is a process that enables reconceptualization of the organization. There are lots of ways to construct this process. You can guide your leadership team in identifying new structures, new processes, new services, new systems, new policies, new procedures. I do this thing where I bring in postcards and magazines and ask executives to create collages of elements that they'd like to embed in the reimagined organization. This makes the imagined tangible, visible, and relatable. Other approaches may include uncensored, unfiltered brainstorming sessions. Executives are encouraged to put all of their ideas on the table. Once they've exhausted their ability to conceive new options, they can begin grappling with which can be supported by the available resources. Resources are realities that cannot be ignored. No matter how you come to the range of new opportunities, you'll undoubtedly hold the innovations to the test of available resources. Now the danger here is to say that the resources to advance the innovations don't exist. Resilient organizations are willing to reallocate resources. This is not the trite, do more with less. It's examining the available resources and finding new ways to deploy them consistent with the needs of the innovations proposed. The second strategy we're going to tackle is building new networks. It's important for the organization and its individual leaders to broaden their networks, to create new connections, 
to deepen existing relationships, and to create new allies. In order to expand networks, it's necessary to rethink friends, foes, and allies. Often organizations have the idea that any enterprise in the same market is a sworn enemy. The position is that we have to compete with anyone in our same line of business. Shifting this perspective can create new opportunities, creative solutions, and innovative approaches. One of the responsibilities that leaders have when building organizational resilience is to help people change their mindsets. We have to convey the importance of moving the organization and the larger industry forward after the crisis. This type of broader commitment to larger successes requires creating new relationships with competitors. Consider being a trailblazer by hosting industry roundtables to share your insights and ideas. You're not asking your colleagues to share trade secrets or proprietary information. Rather, the sharing will focus on ways that you and the other organizations can reposition themselves. There are lessons to be learned from others who are facing the same struggles. Maintaining adversarial stances with competitors, that may not serve you well as you seek to preserve your industry. Give your entire leadership team tools for building strategic networks. Encourage them to forge new partnerships and new alliances. This extends to connecting with organizations outside of your industry. There are lessons that can be learned from everywhere. Consider the formation of Mavericks of Senior Living. This new group was formed because of the profound need to address the crises in aging services. They intentionally sought, and they still seek, members who are willing to think about new ways to deliver aging services. They have leaders from the entire continuum of care, providers, families, caregivers, investors, consultants, anyone with even a slight interest in aging services. I really believe that this new organization is going to create a much needed change in this vital industry sector. Resilient organizations do not succeed alone. They're intentionally interconnected. Their leaders create dynamic partnerships to address the complex problems inherent in crises. New alliances give the organization additional tools to create outcomes aligned with the emerging realities. This is intentional work aimed at serving the greater good while still preserving your organization. If we're going to build organizational resilience, we have to commit to teaching leaders how to proactively initiate non-traditional positive action. I want to move on and start thinking about and talking about creating an adaptive environment. Adaptive environments revolve around strategies that foster the type of change that builds and enables the capacity at the individual and the organizational level 
to thrive. The interventions associated with adaptive leadership build on the past, particularly on past successes, while creating a different future. It requires organizations to look dispassionately at the past and determine what is essential moving forward and what is expendable. This approach relies heavily on experimentation and on the integration of diverse perspectives. It requires a reframe that allows for the development and the utilization of a relevant strategy that reflects current and anticipated realities. Adaptive environments are characterized by the willingness to displace, rearrange, and restore entire systems or entire elements of those systems. I have to give credit to Heifetz, Grashow, and Linsky in their 2009 article for that definition. This restoration, it's not a return to the past. Instead, it's restoration that retains the best of the past and actively creates a novel path forward. The practice of creating an adaptive environment begins when employees at all levels are able to demonstrate behavioral flexibility. Inherent in this is the willingness to experiment. The experimentation needed to employ adaptive techniques and adaptive behaviors is situationally relevant. Now, again, I've got to give credit to someone else for that. That concept of adaptive experimentation comes from Yukul and Masood in their 2010 article. The approach that works in one type of adversity will not be suited in another. Leaders are responsible for helping employees discern which behaviors, which approaches, and which strategies to use, when and how to use them. I also have to note the fact that patience is required when helping employees cultivate this ability. It takes time to develop the discernment to determine which experiments are appropriate for which situations. Evolving environments require a lot of shape-shifting, comfort with trial and error, and the willingness to get back up after being knocked down. This creates stress and pressure, but stress and pressure are necessary when building resilience, especially when building a resilient organization. Leaders able to build resilient cultures can find the balance between fluctuating goals and competing values that require really tough trade-offs. For example, reliability and efficiency may compete with the need to innovate within the organization. This requires you, the leader, to understand and use both and rather than either-or thinking. This thinking asks all stakeholders to consider multiple perspectives, to integrate different positions, and to promote pioneering solutions. As you build this capacity, reflection and continuous learning offer new ways to interpret the environment and new ways to approach the work. 
This is really important if we're going to build lasting resilience in the organization. Before you can teach adaptive skills in the organization, you, the leader, have to develop that ability in yourself. Once you master the competency, you can integrate it throughout the enterprise. Now, we have to be even more real. There are obstacles to building resilience. Organizations that are wedded to every element of their past, that value constancy over creativity, that have intractable beliefs, they are less likely to build resilience. As the leader, you're responsible for surfacing those elements of the culture if they exist. Challenge yourself and your leadership colleagues to both see those obstacles and to understand their consequences in a rapidly moving world. I'm not saying that everyone is going to accept your assessment of the organization's shortcomings. Some people are going to opt to ignore and descend into denial. I can tell you I've seen so many organizations who refuse to really assess their culture and their leadership. I think of a post-acute care organization that was consistently losing market share, yet they refused to deal with an abusive VP of marketing. The department had a revolving door, and exit interviews revealed that Laura, the SVP of marketing, demeaned people at all levels, was prone to rants, and consistently demoralized her team. The interesting thing is that her behavior was well-known throughout the organization. Each time the HR VP brought the issue up with the CEO, his response was, well, Laura's talented. Laura's really got a good heart. The CEO kept making excuses for Laura's behavior. He was finally forced to address it when an external consultant hired to assess the organization raised the very obvious disconnects between the organization's stated mission and values and this behavior. The CEO had been such a champion for creating alignment between mission, vision, values, and behavior that he could no longer turn a blind eye. He finally saw that allowing this behavior to persist undermined his credibility. It really made him look like a hypocrite. This kind of denial stops the organization from moving forward. It can also have economic consequences. It certainly has a negative impact on organizational culture and climate. Healthy culture, healthy climate, they make resilience more likely. Other obstacles include oversimplification of new dilemmas. Leaders have to acknowledge the complexity created by chaotic change. There are no quick solutions, no simple fixes. A systems approach to creating the renewed organization requires observation, analysis, and ongoing measurement of outcomes. It also requires a deep understanding of the importance of inviting 
and including diverse perspectives. Yes, you have to invite other ideas. Additionally, it's important for you as the leader to be able to dissect the organization into its elements. What I mean by that is each business unit has to be considered as its own entity to determine where and how best to introduce the components of resilience. The organization is not this large monolithic thing. It's a collection of different, distinctly different parts. Failure to recognize this reality makes creating resilience more difficult because each segment of the organization will require a different approach. As we wrap up, there are a few things that I'd like for you to remember. While it's incumbent upon leaders to commit to building a resilient culture, it's among the most difficult tasks facing them in the midst of seemingly endless adversity. The chaos created by crises makes it tough to get centered, let alone to find the organization's true north. But this presents opportunities for you to contribute to leadership learning, to your own learning, by introducing ways to find hidden opportunities that could move your organization forward. The next opportunity is to expand your networks, build new allies, create new partnerships. Ultimately, what we seek to create is an adaptive organization poised to rebound and thrive post-adversity. This work is not without obstacles. Expect stumbling blocks. You have to be willing to create a climate that embraces complexity, is prone to thoughtful analyses, and is comfortable with mistakes and missteps. These are the challenges associated with creating a resilient organization. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.